Uh, first, I think maybe if you just like tell everyone what you do, like what your job is and uh, how you're like, what's the main things you're doing for coronavirus. Okay, well, um, I have a couple jobs actually. My main full time job is I'm a police officer in a county that butts up to St. Louis County, which is Franklin County. Uh, I've been doing it about 20 years, uh, but I also work part time for two different ambulance districts in the uh, area uh, because I hold my current EMT license. All right, cool. Uh, just thank you for your service first. Um, You're welcome. Thank you. And uh, could you first just go over like your first encounter with COVID nineteen? Like, when did it occur? How serious was the patient's condition? Um. Well, most of them in Franklin County uh, are occurring at a nursing home, um, and so that's the the blunt of of what's what's going on. I haven't had any um, contact with anything serious. I, we had a testing station in Washington and I'd go by and I would check on it every day. Um, but we tried to keep contact with the patients, obviously down to a minimum. Um, I was there more in a safety capacity. Um, as far as uh, COVID patients that uh, I have come across, they've been very far and few between just people you know, waiting in line to get tested and stuff like that. So you really don't even know who, who does or does, doesn't have it. So we try to approach the situation as believing everyone has it and acting accordingly instead of wondering if they have it and then you know, possibly slipping up and, and uh, not taking the proper precautions. All right, cool. So I take that most of the patients in your area are in like older and like, you know, closer to 60 years old and older than that. Yes, yes. Uh, In fact, half of them and approximately half as of a couple days ago were in one nursing home. Oh, wow. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So it's definitely something that seems to be affecting uh, pretty much how most viruses affect people, uh, people with compromised immune systems, the elderly, um, you know, anybody that's not uh, as healthy as they once were, so to speak, a lot of anyone with uh, underlying uh, previous medical conditions, um, you know, just your, just your pretty typical, it's, it's acting like most viruses are pretty much acting, just this happens to be a particularly um, aggressive one, and it is uh, very contagious. Right. So what are the safety measures you're taking to help keep, like, the elderly population safe and those living in nursing homes? Have you closed them down? Um, yes, most of them have voluntarily um, excluded all exterior visitors. So you can, you know, call them on the phone or, or you know, talk to them through the, through the uh, bay window or something like that. But uh, most of them for the general purposes are not allowed inside whatsoever. Um, and that's one of the best things that we do, uh, you know, just on a smaller level, like with our own parents, we don't let them go out to even get necessities. Um, my sisters and I, we pick up what they need for them. We do it very carefully, um, and then drop it off at their door and let them know it's out there, you know, stuff like that. So it's, it's basically, you know, the virus can't travel on its own. It needs us to travel. So if we can put an end to that, that can help stop the spread. All right. So just going off of that, what do you think about your area's response and like all the precautions that are being taken, such as social distancing and all that? Do you feel like people are um, making sure that they're following these guidelines? For the most part, yes. Um, 
most part, I would say from what I've seen, about 95% of all people are, are you know, doing everything they can. Obviously, there's um, it, there are things that you have to get out and do. You know, there are things that uh, you need. Um, so you can't completely be on house arrest. Not only that, but then it kind of starts getting into what is too much. Um, you know, uh, can you confine someone to their house against their will just because of, of this or that? So, so far, uh, I think everybody's response in the county has been pretty much voluntarily, and everyone that I know has uh, abided by it, you know. Um, yeah. What the future holds, and, and if we're overreacting or underreacting, only time will tell. Um, the good thing about it is if we are overreacting, that's usually a better response when it comes to deadly viruses than if you underreact. So is all this necessary? I don't know. I, I'm not a doctor. I don't hold a degree in you know, biology or chemistry or anything like that. But I can tell you that uh, you know, generally speaking, it's better to overreact a little and take extra precautions mm-hmm. than to underreact. And Because and, uh, like you and I, even if we had this, it, it probably wouldn't kill us. Uh, right. It has killed some younger people, but it's primarily the elderly. And so even though it doesn't affect us, we have to be considerate of, you know, I have my parents are elderly. Um, you know, I, I have several family members, uncles, aunts that are that are sixty and above, and so you know, it's a it's a small inconvenience if it means that they can uh, stay alive. Yeah. Um. So there is a uh platform called um the social distancing scoreboard, and it's powered by a company called Unicast. It uses you know the bunch of research that they've compiled from the different counties within the United States. And um, you said that you work in Franklin County, correct? Yes. So they ranked Franklin County with a D minus for social distancing precautions. Do you think that's like a fair uh, score? Well, I'm not sure exactly on what they come up with that, um, what criteria they look at. I can tell you a, a large part of that is probably because um, they had a, a large outbreak in one particular place. So our numbers are... Um, pretty high, right. but pretty isolated. Okay. Um, so, you know, because it was just in, well, half the cases were just in, like, one house. At one point, we had 62 cases in the county, and 34 were in the nursing home. Oh, wow. And one, one particular nursing home. So that's over half the cases in the county. So I think that uh, instance was probably some, you know, somebody slipped up, somebody wasn't taking proper precautions. Because at first, I think everybody was on the same page. You know, we mm-hmm. thought, oh, yeah, here we go. It's always something. It's, it's MERS or uh, Ebola or Zika virus or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one happened to get out of hand and we weren't able to con- contain it as quick. So, um, yeah, again, I'd have to know exactly what the criteria are they looked at. I know uh, it's pretty uh, quiet around town anymore, so I know a lot of people are staying inside. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So, um, and then do you think that like your, I guess maybe like I, you may not be able to speak about the hospital system, but do you think your overall system is being overwhelmed? Do you guys have enough resources such as the personal protection uh, equipment or ventilators available for everyone? Um, I, you would have to talk to someone in the hospital facility as far as ventilators. Mm-hmm. I know as of now, we're not, uh, from what I have seen, we have not been overwhelmed. The ambulances, um, they're, they're busier, you know, uh, simply because, you know, when 
something comes out of this, a lot of people panic. A lot of people want to be tested. A lot of people are a bit uh, hypochondriac. You know, oh, I, I have a, a sore throat, so that it must be uh, COVID nineteen. Well, you know, and so because it's so contagious, they're really working a lot harder on decontaminating the ambulances after having a possible contact with the patient. I mean, it's it's to where the driver drops the medic off the medic goes in changes clothes takes a shower then comes out they disinfect they i mean you know like the driver and the paramedic try to minimize even distance uh and contact so uh, i think everybody's doing pretty much what they can uh but as far as resources i know with the at where i work we haven't had any shortage of you know they've given us disinfecting spray and, and uh hand sanitizer and stuff like that um we're still a bit puzzled about what the deal is with toilet paper <laughs> yeah that, that that i think everybody's a little short on but <laughs> i'm still scratching my head on that i usually you know snowstorm comes or something and it's it's bread and milk and stuff like that but i guess a flu comes and it's buy all the toilet paper you can I, <laughs> but as, as far as resources so far we've been we've been holding pretty well all right yeah could you just elaborate on some of the safety guidelines you've been taking and like you know the people that have been like working with the ambulances and you know all that have been taking as well yeah so uh as the departments handle you know there's a lot of uh, rumors going around that we don't pull people over anymore that we don't write to it's that's that's not the case we do try to minimize some of the things that we're doing such as if we have to respond to a call we ask the homeowner to step outside so that we can talk to them instead of going into their house to where the virus may be. Um, so we're trying to minimize even on calls uh, that. Um, another thing that they recommended was if you do have to make a traffic stop, maybe somebody's you know having a medical emergency or maybe they're just really driving to the point to where hey you know they need to be pulled over. Um, ask them to hold their driver's license up to the glass, you know, mm-hmm. and just get their information down that way instead of making personal contact. Obviously, they've given us face masks. Uh, um, uh, we have some full face shield masks, and then we have some regular, like, uh, breathing masks. Um, we have to keep contact of everyone that we have physical contact with. Um, every morning, we have to get up. We have to take our temperature and make sure we're not running a fever, and we have, each of us have a log that we keep um, just to try to minimize anything like that anybody with a suspected exposure will be quarantined but so far we've been very careful and we haven't had that issue all right yeah um and then uh do you have any idea how they're like choosing who's getting tested and like what are the certain guidelines you guys have for that well when they set up the tent in washington uh, i know i talked to some of the personnel and they had basically said you can't show up and be tested you have to have a referral for your doctor uh, from your doctor rather um so i can't really speak on that on any certainty but from what i have understood and what people have said is basically if they're exhibiting some of the symptoms which is the upper respiratory virus uh, you know, cough um, a burning sensation in the chest like maybe you know, felt some people would describe it like it felt like they'd smoked a, a pack of cigarettes in five minutes you know like like the inside of their lungs it just kind of was really irritated um they basically tell the doctor and the doctor says well you know it, it ultimately it's up to the doctor's decision they're uh, far far better trained than than i am so mm-hmm. but from what i understand it's pretty much that you call your doctor and if you are exhibiting signs and symptoms i have a mild fever i have a cough i have this i have that yes i got my flu vaccine then okay well just to be safe you know have you had any contact with anybody yes you know 
So it's just kind of a puzzle system, and the more pieces uh, of the puzzle that are there, the more likely you are to be tested. All right, so my second and last question is, uh, based on your experiences, do you think the situation is going to get worse? Like, when do you think... When do you think the apex point will be, if you have an idea about that? Well, I think that depending on where you are in the United States, it has already hit. Um, right. You know, uh, obviously it hits harder the more populated places. Um, I was, I don't think anybody was ever terribly worried about the Midwest. I mean, we're pretty uh, separated compared to, say, New York or California. You know, you have apartment buildings in New York that have 5,000 people in one building. I grew up in a town of 5,000 people. The entire town was 5,000 people. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, obviously I think that's why you're hearing the, the, so much of the news on, you know, these, these big dense cities like Chicago is another one. Chicago is, has a very heavy population compared to even St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, New York's like eight, eight and a half million people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, um, two things are going to help. Number one, what we're doing now the social distancing, the washing our hands, the, uh, you know, doing things for the elderly so that they're not getting out, they're not catching it. And I think uh, the weather will help. Although, because they're, they're saying from what they're telling us, you know, at the ambulance and everywhere else, that it acts a lot like the flu, mm-hmm. um, which anyone can get the flu. You can get the flu in July, but there is also a season, they, you know, the flu season. And uh, it seems a lot less likely to spread when it's warm right. and so I, I think with the way things are going we keep this social distancing for another week or two spring's coming I, I think we're probably I think we're probably setting in, in the center of the United States pretty good right now um, what's going to happen in the more populous to where as soon as this is lifted ah, that's that's way beyond my level of education yeah. uh, hopefully it goes away and you know, we never see its ugly head again, like the Spanish flu of 1918, but right. who knows? I yeah. mean, no, only time will tell. Yeah. And do you just have a message you'd like to give to your local community about, you know, the coronavirus staying strong and all that? Um, I would just say keep up what you're doing, you know, maybe ease up on the toilet paper buying, um, <laughs> you know, save, save some for everybody else. Uh, but I think people are really... Uh, taking it seriously which is good and they're playing it safe just to be safe again it's one of those things that you know you can pull politics in it you can pull into you know whatever you want into it but it's it's just it is what it is and we just have to keep doing what we're doing until it goes away and learn from this because it's been a long time since something like this happened right um so i just say keep doing what you're doing and hopefully everything will turn out well all right yeah those are my questions uh I just want to say thank you for your time and your service as well. So, yeah. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I'll make sure to send you the episode once we're done with it. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Bye.